Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis, joined by Jason Campbell, and I am so elated because it's game week. We finally are going to see some Auburn football on the field this week. I couldn't be more excited that it's finally here. You know, I've, I've actually worked some ACC games in the past couple of weeks, and here I am celebrating football season as if it hasn't been here. But let's be honest, SEC is the real thing, and it's finally back, people. We are going to watch our Tigers play on the SEC Network this weekend. So Jason and I are going to break down the looming matchup with the Kentucky Wildcats, a top 25 matchup promising to be a really great test for this Auburn team to see what they're made of. Jason, what do you think they're made of? I don't know what they're made of. I know what I'm made of. i tell you what. We got football <laughs> on Saturday in the SEC opening game week. Fans out there, I know you're ready to go. I know you're going to be somewhere, maybe in a bar, watching on TV somewhere. Maybe got your friends over barbecuing. Don't burn it. But I think it's going to be strong will. And the reason mm. I say that is I'm looking at their depth chart. And when I see Sean Showers beat out DJ Williams and Tank Biz before the start and yep. running back job, and I see a redshirt freshman corner, Jalen Simpson, and I see a redshirt freshman, D. Lyman, and Kobe Wooten, who's replacing Derrick Brown, when I see that happening, that means to tell me that the coaches said, I'm not worried about what kind of star was beside your name when you walked into Auburn campus. I'm not worried about what was going on before we started this training camp. Whoever shows me who wants to be on the field and wants to be the best is going to get the starting job. And so it shows me that this team was very competitive during training camp leading up to leading up to the opening roster um, for this weekend. And when I look at that, it shows me that, hey, anytime your football team can compete against each other for a job, it makes out better for your team to have success down the road. And I say this because one person is – not everyone's going to make mistakes, but if you have to come out of the game, you're itching to get back on the field because if that other person that goes in the game for you goes out and shine, you're scared that you may not get your spot back. So that makes mm -hmm. your team better. And like I told you before, depth is the most important thing for this football team this year. And we do have that in a lot of positions in the running back position in the tight end position. There's a lot of depth there. Now, offensive line, we will see. That's something we yeah. have to wait and see. Defensive line, we have to wait and see a little bit. But there are some guys there. You know, Big Cat Brian is there. So, I'm and KJ Britt. When you watch KJ Britt as a football player, that's the identity of our football team. They they need to have that intensity and that edge, especially given you know the the intangibles that aren't going to be there this year. The eagle flying and and the fans completely packing the stadium and all of that isn't going to be present. So they need to take on the personality of a guy like that. I'm excited to see the resiliency of this team because I think they've already had to overcome a good bit and they're going to have to overcome things this season without a doubt. An all SEC schedule in the midst of everything that 2020 has been it's going to come with its fair share of challenges and and adversity and if the resiliency has been developed in the offseason it's going to showcase itself itself in the form of a football game and those games are always incredibly special so I'm excited to see all of that take shape Let's talk. We're going to get in depth with this matchup. Our guest today is Vinny Hardy, who is actually a podcast radio host. He covers Kentucky football. He knows it in and out. So 
our our more in-depth breakdown of this game is going to come in a few minutes with Vinny, but I just want to get your uh, couple takes from you on this game. What is something that you are expecting to be a bright spot for this Auburn team? One aspect of our game that you think is actually going to impress people. And then what is your area of concern? Yeah, my bright spot, I'm going to say, we're going to see the tight ends catch at least six balls this game. And okay. this has been something that's been missing over the last few years since uh, Leslie Kirkie left. So I'm excited to see that because I've heard a lot of talk about it through the scrimmages and Coach Malzahn talking about it, Coach Morris talking about it. If that happens, it's going to open up our offense tremendously. On the part that I think that may hurt the most is it's not by fault, but I expect us to miss tackles a little bit mm. because of both mm -hmm. sides of the ball on both teams. I mean, because the simple fact you haven't had an opportunity to go through a spring ball and have that summer. And it's hard to teach tackling full speed when you're trying to keep your players healthy and get them into the season with everyone at with everyone there. So this is going to be their first live, live action. I know you scrimmage, but you don't go as hard as you go in a football game because you're trying to protect your teammate. Now, yeah. are guys going to be trying to lend knockout hits because they're so pumped to play? Or are guys going to gain tackle and wrap everybody up and, and get guys to the ground? That's, that's going to be the difference. Okay. I like both of those. I think my bright spot, can you guess? Can you guess? Seth Williams oh, is yes, going to be our bright spot. <laughs> I expect the deep ball. I expect some big plays even in this first game from him. I think a guy like this, we're going to be seeing him play on Sundays next year, but I think he's going to put up some big numbers this season. My area of concern, uh, I'm, about to, I'm about to offend some people. My area of concern is actually Bo Nix, and not because I'm a doubter. I'm, it's actually my apprehension is through osmosis because I'm not convinced that the O-line is going to give him the best chance to succeed early. Now, I think he will. I think it will come. I think this is a guy who knows his role. He took to it very well. His freshman campaign will provide him with confidence in those tough in-game adjustment scenarios that he's going to have to have. But if you don't have a stable offensive line, Early in this season, I think the pressure might get to him a little bit. I think we might see a few more incompletions, maybe even a couple picks that make it difficult for us to come back from just setting us behind a little bit. I don't think it'll show itself in losses, perhaps, but I think he's going to have to knock the dust off a little bit. And so that's just my area of concern for week one. But the bright spot seems a little contradicting is Seth Williams because I think just like when we saw in the Oregon game last year it wasn't a perfect performance from Bo Nix but in the big moment where you need somebody to step up and capitalize it's Seth Williams I anticipate a, an offensive showing like that again in game one well it's interesting that you say that Taylor because right now the number one spot on the offense that they have yet to announce the starter at is still in contention competition and up for grabs is the left tackle the left tackle position mm -hmm. is the number two most important position outside of the quarterback and yeah. because you're blocking that blind side and you're going against the best defensive end that the other team has to offer week in and week out so it's interesting as you say that because whoever becomes that left tackle by the end of the week he's got a job this week and Kentucky's defensive line is, is not to be played with they had a really good defense last year so you know it's definitely gonna have a lot how Bo Nitz's success happens this year going has a lot to do with how well he's protected. So that was a that was a great point.
Thank you. I try. Well, we're going to break this thing down, like I said, a little bit more in depth with Vinny Hardy. Before we get into our analysis, got to tell you guys, of course, about our wonderful sponsor, Bet Online. The wait is finally over, my people. Football is back. And even though you might not be at the game this year, you might not be the chosen 20%, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. For game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's also the online casino as well that never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. So again, that's betonline.ag. Go ahead and sign up today. All right, everybody. Well, like I mentioned, we are going to make sure to give you a well-rounded podcast today. You are going to have all the information that you need to know on this Auburn matchup, and that's not just your Tigers. We are going to bring in an expert to get a little more insight on this Kentucky team. We have fellow podcast hosts as well as radio hosts covering all things Kentucky. Everyone, welcome in Vinny Hardy. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for joining us. What's going on, Taylor and Jason? Appreciate y'all having me. Vinny, it is finally game week. I would anticipate your excitement, just like ours. We are finally going to get some SEC football this week, and we want to get your input on this Kentucky team. Jason and I have broken this one down and and kind of predicted what this game's going to be like, but we know you cover the team closely. So let's get into it a little bit, get your perspective on this matchup. First of all, you know, just with the obvious, the unconventional off season and preparation for this season is is going to be a hurdle for every single team that takes the field this season. How has this Kentucky team rallied and and been gelling together in spite of all the off the field adversity? Pretty good by all accounts. Uh, you hear Coach Stoops in his call-in show and his press conferences, you know, appreciative of how hard everybody's worked and uh, the the buy-in from the team to stay focused and disciplined to to get yourself to this point through all the mm-hmm. obstacles and, and hurdles. Everybody knows what they are and how out of the ordinary they've been. Uh, he mentioned, not this past Monday, but the, the previous Monday on his call-in show that there was a maybe a little COVID issue. He said mm-hmm. with a position group. He said nothing that we can't handle. If we had a game to play tomorrow, we would still be good to play. Um, and then later in uh, the call, he said that they were kind of thin at the cornerback position. I don't know what I can talk about. So me kind of speculating, I'm like, maybe the little COVID issue was with the DBs. Yeah. Come out and just say that flat out. But uh, maybe they kind of said it without saying it. But outside of that, for the most part, from what they're saying, they seem to be handling everything pretty good and got to have some quick testing to uh, Friday before they travel to make sure everybody's good. And if you're not, of course, you won't be able to make the trip down there to the plane for Saturday's game. Yeah, this is a definitely unorthodox, uh, you know, type of year. You know, it's been that type of, uh, you know, off season and now heading to the to football season start on Saturday. And, you know, you saying that – Kentucky is the opposite of Auburn this year. And what I mean by that is Kentucky is returning all of their secondary guys from last year. Auburn retired all their secondary guys from last year. They've all moved on. And then when you look at the offensive line, Auburn is only returning one offensive line, which is our center. 
and Kentucky's returning probably the best group in all the SEC and with two, you know, projected first-round draft picks. So when you think about this football team, is this the best team that Stoops have had since he's been at Kentucky? It's got a it's got a chance to be from just because of what you said. And if you played in the league, you know the value of depth. And Kentucky hasn't had that across the board like this. You know, they've had moments where, you know, first string is good and then you see the drop off when they go subbing in, you know, offensive linemen in other positions and then, you know, come third and fourth quarter, Kentucky is worn down. Everybody knows the history, but mm-hmm. this year across the board from a death standpoint, like last year, they, entire, they registered the entire recruiting class. We don't, we're not used to that at Kentucky. Like what? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's what the big boys like y'all do. And now <laughs> Kentucky is in a position to where they registered an entire class to just yeah. let guys get in the weight room. And, and that's what you got to do. So from that standpoint, I think Jason, they, they do have a chance. Uh, experience depth at a level that we haven't seen before. He's gradually just continued to build and improve little by little, just chipping away at it, getting it to where he wants it to be. Well, I think when you look over the last few years and the development of the culture at Kentucky, and of course you got to wonder what last season could have become had Terry Wilson not gotten injured. Obviously, you know, Lynn Bowden did what he needed to do, but that wasn't a conventional situation. So really the past few years, you can see what Stoops is building and establishing at Kentucky. And you go back a couple years when they had that 10 win season, but it was on the backs of guys like Josh Allen and Benny Snell, guys that are now playing on Sundays. Who do you think could be those stars and and bring that power this season to continue the trajectory of really strong seasons at Kentucky? Josh Paschal is primed on the defensive side to, you don't want to put the the entire Josh Allen pressure on him, but Mm -hmm. expected to maybe break out. He, like John Schlarman, has undergone cancer and had to beat that. And they kind of were definitely galvanized and leaned on each other through what they've gone through. He's healthy now. Um, They've moved him from outside linebacker to defensive end, but he could still wreak havoc and and have that kind of breakout season. He's got that kind of ability. Um, They have a a stable of running backs. AJ Rose is the senior. Uh, he's more of a home run hitter, but he's kind of worked on all aspects to kind of be more physical as well. Cavasse Smoke, Chris Rodriguez. Um, Chris Rodriguez could maybe be, if you want to attach the Benny tag to somebody else, that power, you know, be, yeah. you know pounded kind of guy in the fourth quarter. You need those tough yards to run clock and, and finish off games. Uh, he can maybe be that guy. So I'll go uh, Josh okay. Pascal and, and Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, and all the reports, like I said, from from what I know about Kentucky, like I said, they do have a base, almost a three-headed monster back there. But when you think about this offense, uh, Coach Eddie Grant, who's y'all offensive coordinator, was my running back coach at Auburn when I was there. And, you know, now he's the OC in Kentucky. What has he brought to Kentucky that with the style of offense that he's running that really gives him opportunity to score a lot of points? Because, you know, they've started fast in a lot of games last year. Um, even the early part of the season, they are a, a, a fast starting team. And like you say, towards the end of the year, they kind of like 
you know, lose a few games here and there because of depth is an issue. So, but when you think about this offense, what is it that he's brought to to Kentucky that makes them excel so well? I would have to say versatility. Um, and he was he was killing everybody with the Wildcat down there with y'all with Cadillac and Ronnie. Um, he was up there in Cincinnati, and they were just throwing the ball all over the yard. Mm-hmm. He comes to Kentucky, and that's kind of the plan. Um, you you had a, he first of all he hasn't had a healthy quarterback yet. Um, you know Terry Wilson gets hurt last year in the second game. They were prone to throw the ball around the yard, uh, and then they had to switch a couple years ago when Stephen Johnson was the quarterback and then that's when they kind of discovered Benny Snell and all that they were prone to throw the ball all over the yard again this year so he has he's had to switch on the fly without the luxury of having a a QB one that they went into the season expecting to be there and they still managed to have winning seasons so I think just to be able to be versatile to switch to change up your whole plan of attack at the drop of a dime. Last year, you know, Terry Wilson gets hurt in game two. Mm-hmm. You get Lynn Bowden in and go six and two the rest of the way. So I think just the versatility and being able to change and adapt quickly because, I mean, last year goes off the rails in any other Kentucky era, any other year, yeah. any other decade. It, you know, you're already two and three mm-hmm. and you just, you finish up three and nine, four and eight. You don't mm-hmm. finish up eight and five and beating Virginia Tech. So just yeah. to be able to still stay the course, even though he had to change everything, I think that's what he brings more than anything. That is such a great point that you just mentioned. All cards were stacked against this team last season. When Terry went down, Lynn Bowden, wide receiver, playing quarterback. He played in high school, but still very different situation. You kind of get behind the eight ball a little bit, and this team did what they needed to do and finished the season on a really high note. And again, a testament to what Stoops is building at that program. Kentucky is no longer a program that you overlook, and that's certainly the case for this Auburn team, not a matchup that you want to overlook. You talked about Terry Wilson. I want to get your input on him a little bit. Like we said, got injured last season. He tore his patellar tendon. I was actually working that game. I was the sideline reporter for that game when he got hurt. And it just, you could feel the wind kind of left everybody's sails. Like Terry, Terry's been a a force and a very important leader for this team. Not always the most vocal guy, but certainly one that has led by example and and was continuing in the trajectory of, of really impressive Kentucky football. So when he went down, it was a very, very difficult mountain for that team to climb. He returns this season. You expect that, you know, his gameplay is still going to be at the the level that we saw. Do you anticipate an increase in his pass game? Obviously, an injury to your knee. You, you might be hesitant to scramble as much as we were accustomed to seeing him. But, like you also mentioned, you've got one of the best lines in the conference that's returning to protect that guy. And, and he's very comfortable on the run. But you need that pass game to click as well. Do you anticipate that we're going to see that more from Terry? I think so. Uh, and like you said, last year, it was looking like you were going to start to see flashes of it. Yeah. Uh, two years ago was his first year in the SEC after coming from junior college. You saw flashes, but it was more game manager type stuff. Good defense, good running game. 
Um, you know, you saw the pass of Lynn Bowden against Florida in the swamp. You saw the yeah. pass to David Bouvier against uh, Florida in the swamp. But everybody was like, now he's got a feel for it. He knows what it's like. And we're not in junior college anymore. And, and now we can really kind of see what he's got. And, and then he gets hurt. So by all accounts, he's, he is back and ready to go. Of course, you, you know, got to get that first hit and get the nerves and jitters out. The speed is back. The strength is back. And, and that was the thing, getting the strength back in the leg from that type right. of injury with, after the atrophy and, you know, the muscle loss and all that. Uh, the, the passing you know, should be there. Everybody's expecting that jump, that improvement to take place in the passing game. All the receivers last year just blocked the entire second half of the season. This year they're looking mm-hmm. forward to catching balls again. So, yeah, um, I don't think they're ever going to throw it 50 times in the game. You know, Stoops definitely loves to run it. You have that line, you have those backs. But there will right. be some balance, and you can maybe soften up defenses with the pass and and just be a little more two-dimensional and harder to defend. Jason, let me ask you a question real quick, talking about Mm -hmm. a a quarterback comeback after an injury, especially a lower body injury for a guy that is is a runner. He likes to take off and scramble. Is there a a level of hesitancy and, and reluctancy that we are likely to see in his first outing this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's a great question, Taylor, because I dislocated my patella tendon in uh, mm. 2007 um, in the Washington at Washington. And for me, that injury took like six to seven months to really get to get fully healthy. And mm-hmm. by the time I was full speed it was training camp. And so I remember going to my first preseason game. I was nervous. Uh, you know, you try not to put it in the back of your head. But every time someone would come low on you or someone would cause mine wouldn't even a hit low a guy almost the same way the terriers happened he was horse collar yeah. mine was i was tackled from the blind side pulled down within my shoulder pads and my body went backwards and my knee kind of went forward and mm. you know it it was definitely so every time you feel it but once he get those first couple of hits and get up and get that out the way i think he'll he'll It'll quickly get behind him. I remember hearing the story of Teddy Bridgewater this past weekend. Uh, how did he overcome his injury? And he said he was always afraid of heights. And then he went and jumped off some cliff <laughs> over yep. the offseason. <laughs> and it, it <laughs> and he said how it helped him emotionally overcome that. So I think for Terry, for him emotionally overcoming that, because there wasn't a spring and everything else, I think for him is getting through that initial first quarter. Once he get through that initial first quarter, and there, I, I guarantee you, Eddie Grant is going to design three to four runs within the first two series of the game just to make him feel comfortable and let him know he's back. Okay. I, I expect to see that as well. Vinny, I want to get your input on our quarterback, Bo Nix. What aspects of this Kentucky defense – would you anticipate being challenges for a guy like Bo Nix? The, the secondary is, is very deep. Um, okay. You know, you had you know, Kelvin Joseph transfer from LSU. You had Brandon Nichols and Yusuf Corker already there with experience. Uh, they were kind of learning a couple of years ago when Mike Edwards and Westry and all those guys were there before they went to the NFL. The defensive line is very deep and very experienced. Phil Hoskins is back. Um, after being injured last year for senior season. Uh, Bohanna, McCall, Pasco, really strong offensive line that should 
try the best to exploit a new offensive line that's that's going to have to get it together in their first game. You know, you hmm. there's there's no preseason, Jason, like you said. You can scrimmage and do all that, but unlike the NFL, there's no preseason to have live bullets from another team. So if they can get pressure on him, exploit Auburn's offensive line trying to get their feet under them, that would probably be the challenge. That defensive line would make life a little bit miserable for him, and then um, the secondary can key on that and not have to cover those speedy Auburn receivers for as long as you normally would if you're giving him four or five seconds back there to throw. Yeah, you know, Benny, we've been letting you off the hook here a little bit. But <laughs> – here I go. Taylor already know. Here I go, Benny. He's about to haze you, I say, I say, Yeah, Yeah, I say this with the most humble <laughs> respect. Most guys that transfer from Auburn and go to Kentucky in the past may have been for basketball. Let's just be honest. You know, like I've never known someone to transfer from Auburn in football to Kentucky football. But now we have had a guy this past year, Gatewood, has transferred from Auburn, and he's now in competition in Kentucky for the QB position. And Kentucky football is now on the maps, just like Auburn basketball is now on the maps because it was vice versa for a while. So we have some things in common. So tell us a little bit about the man, Gatewood, that transferred from Auburn. Like, what's the what's the noise about? Everybody in Kentucky is, is excited because you, you look, a transfer from Auburn? And I, I don't know how, what y'all, how, how was the competition? How close was it? Should he have beaten out Knicks? Did Nick's get it because of his last name? I don't know. Y'all know more about that than I do. Um, but Kentucky fans are excited. This dude is, you know, the size, physicality, the strength, everything he brings to the table. He's physique-wise, Cam Newton-esque. You hear that thrown about. And if you had him eligible going back against – I mean, look, everybody everybody gets traded loves to stick it to their former team. If he transfers right. to Kentucky, Gets to play Auburn in the first game, he's gonna want to try to get in there and, and show him a little something like, hey, you, you know, if I'd have been QB one for y'all, you could be getting this from me. You know, I could be doing this for y'all. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of excitement. Same thing with Kelvin Joseph, a quarter, a, a DB from LSU transferring to Kentucky. What? This is <laughs> this is stuff that we're still wrapping our heads around in football, just like Auburn basketball fans. Or oh, we went to a Final Four. Oh my God, what? Right. So same thing. We're we're still y'all are used to high five stars, high recruiting classes. We're still we see uh, recruits pick Kentucky over Michigan, Michigan State, Georgia, Florida. You know that's still new to us. It's in basketball. It's expected. All right. Yeah. But in football, whoa, it's still shiny, it's still new, it's still fascinating, it's intriguing. I love to see it, personally. I think it's good for the conference as a whole. It's good for college football. And I I think both of these teams are going to have a very fair test this weekend with this matchup. But, yeah, I agree with what you said about Gatewood. I think there should be excitement about him. I think he wasn't utilized well or ever at Auburn. And and that was unfortunate because like you said, his stature alone is something that should have been utilized at least in red zone situations. But 
nonetheless, I think it's it's an exciting storyline to follow. Maybe we won't see it this weekend, which of course would have held some off the field addition. But I, yeah. I think game wise, I don't necessarily think it would have looked a whole lot different whether it's Terry Wilson or Joey Gatewood. Both love to run. They're both very you know like taller, muscular, athletic dudes who can scramble and extend plays, uh, and both have off the field motivation right now. If it were Gatewood, he's motivated to to beat the team that he was on last year. If it's Terry Wilson, he's motivated to do well coming back from an injury. So I think there really are so many parallels. If you're looking at it from an Auburn defense preparation standpoint, there aren't complete stark differences between the two of them. But all expectation is that it's going to be Terry Wilson unless some magic gets pulled out of a hat and Gatewood becomes eligible. And boy, what a whirlwind that would be. But Vinny, we certainly appreciate all of the insight that you've been giving us today. My last one for you before we let you go. I want to get your prediction, my man. Who wins this one and what's the final score? Let me just say that the first time I went to Auburn was 2009. Uh, I have a cousin who lives outside of Knoxville, but has been a huge Auburn fan his whole life. So believe that. It's crazy, him living in ball country, and he's been war eagle. We went up there and spanked some tail. So, you know, there's a lot of Auburn fans (laughs) on the cover. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, not a surprise. So we, I hear you, we we, uh, made the road trip down to Auburn. I had never been to Jordan-Hare. I think I got me a little Sports Illustrated. And that particular issue was like things to do at every SEC venue. So I, I read the Auburn section. Went to Mama Goldberg Deli, went to Tumor's oh, Corner, yeah. got me a Mama's Love sandwich, got me a lemonade. I didn't make it to Sky Bar, Taylor. I had to do that. On my oh, dang it. Uh, <laughs> but Next time, Benny, next time. That's right. So got down there, and, and just like as, as advertised, all the Auburn fans were so nice. Have a, welcome to Auburn. Glad to see you. Glad to get a good trip. All that. Re- I mean – you know, you, you don't expect that pregame at an SEC venue, especially like you go to Tennessee or other places. You ain't, you ain't getting that. But everybody at Auburn was nice. And honestly, like I said, this 2009, I, I had no expectations because Kentucky on the road back then, you know, that, that wasn't good. So I'd already, you know, made up my mind. I was like, it's going to be gonna be pretty cool when they roll to Miss Corner and, and throw all the toilet paper. I can say I've seen that and checked it off my bucket list. And then Randall Cobb and, and the fellas had different ideas, and Kentucky won 21 to 14. We got a, got a winning streak in Jordan here already, and they weren't equipped to win down there in 2009. They're much better equipped to win down there in 2020, even with fans. Now there's not fans, just a few students. Come on now. I would say 20 to 16, Kentucky. Whoa. Wow. All right. Strong words, my man. Fighting words, perhaps. But we'll take it. We'll take it. I I like the loyalty to your team. You got to have it. Well, Vinny, thank you so much for joining us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Jason and I certainly appreciate your in-depth analysis on our opponent this week. And uh, we wish you the best. And everyone, you can also check Jason out on believe in Kentucky he's going to be jumping on their show as well so make sure y'all check that out Benny thank you so much for joining us today hey JKM appreciate it Taylor appreciate it be safe going to College Station and thank, thank y'all you for everything. 
Hey, Ben, we appreciate you coming on. We won't make you say War Eagle, but I'll say War Eagle for all my War Eagle fans. <laughs> War Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs> appreciate y'all. All right, people. Well, that will do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. You are now so prepared for this game. You have well-rounded analysis and preparation on both sides. And this is going to be one heck of a matchup, and I'm excited to watch it all go down. Now, if you're a supporter of Jason and myself, here's a little update on what we'll be up to this weekend. Jason is, is heading down to the Plains, the good old home, and he'll be back on Auburn Radio this season, won't you, Jason? Yes, I will be back on the radio network. So listen to Ronnie, Paul, Stan, Andy, and myself. We will be back Saturday morning, 8 o'clock a.m. So, and Taylor, she will be on the road. Where? Oh, yeah. I'm hitting the road, people. I will be covering some SEC football this weekend. I wish I was going to be down covering the Auburn game, but I will be on the sidelines covering Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M. So I'm headed down to College Station. You can catch us on the SEC Network, 730 Eastern, 630 Central on Saturday night. So it'll be after the Auburn game anyway. Go ahead and support some Auburn alum and Jason and myself as we continue our you know, sports endeavors, if you will. But we will both certainly be pulling for our Tigers in this matchup with Kentucky as they get this 2020 season rolling. So everyone, make sure you enjoy the game. Pull these Tigers through to a victory. Hopefully we'll be recapping our first win this time next week. So everyone, be safe. War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.